0: We're in a series called The Church, and the first week of this series we talked about community and the importance of life together. If you have been plugged into a life group, then you are well aware of the joy of being on the journey together, of learning together, praying together, growing together, supporting one another. It's important. If you're here today and you're not plugged into a life group, we encourage you to reach out. Whether you want to stop by the Next Connect Center in the lobby or whether you want to reach out to our office, we'll help get you plugged in. It's worth your time to do life with other Jesus followers. The second week we talked about serving and we talked a lot about serving inside the four walls of the church through the local church and and what happens in ministry efforts here. We talked about giving our time, using the giftings that God has given us, and even giving of our resources, something that we've done today, something that we're doing today. Last week, we talked about serving outside the four walls of the local church, and yesterday was a big part of how we do that. And we, get to, we get to go outside the four walls of the church and interact with people, but it's more than just an organized event. It's more than just a thing that the church puts on that we're a part of. Every day in our life circles, God wants to use us to help other people follow Jesus. In your work, in your family, in your neighborhood, even with strangers that you come in contact with, God wants to use each and every one of us. Being part of the church, the body of Christ, is more than a religion. The church is the living organism through which God does His work on earth. How does God's work, be? how do we accomplish God's work? How do we see God's work go forth in our world? It's through us. It's the church. You've heard it said perhaps from me, and I've heard it said from one of my own pastors, the gospel is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the gospel. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs the answer for the sin problem. Everyone needs to know God, and the only way to know God is through Jesus and the work that He's already done. But in order for those people to know that truth, in order for people to hear the gospel, it's going to be the church, the body of Christ. And if you claim to be a Jesus follower, you are part of the church The church is the hope of the gospel. If the gospel is going to truly be good news that gets to people in time, it's going to be the church doing that work. What we're doing today is bigger than any one of us. Reaching people with the gospel is the heart of God. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. Peter was dealing with a group of people who question. You know, people have lived and People have died, and, and yet this coming of Jesus hasn't happened yet. Is it really going to happen? When's it going to take place? And Peter responded to that, that group of critics, if you will, and said, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish or to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. It's safe to say at this point that events in our world that Scripture predict, some of the things that you would read in what we call end-time prophecies or what we would call the study of end-time things, it's safe to say that there are many things that have yet to happen It hasn't happened any quicker because God wants everyone to have an opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel. Very simply, if you study anything about prophecy in scripture, you will begin to realize that seemingly the only thing left to happen before the rapture of the church is for the gospel to reach all peoples. In fact, Jesus said himself in Matthew's gospel... That the gospel would reach to the ends of the earth and then the end will come. We don't know exactly how that moment takes place. We may not be aware of the gospel reaching every remote village in the world. But it's safe to say based on this passage of scripture that the reason God hasn't escalated those moments, if you will, is because he's giving people an opportunity to hear the truth. He's giving people an opportunity to hear the gospel, the truth about Jesus, and to respond. He gave Jesus to die so that everyone could have an opportunity to live. Reaching people is the heart of God. Reaching people with the gospel was the reason for the work of Jesus. In Luke chapter 19 verse 10, Jesus said of himself, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was, or those who are lost. Jesus' earthly ministry clearly showed his compassion and his mercy towards all people who would believe in him. No one person... No matter how great they may think their past is, no matter how horrible they may think their life is currently, no one person, no matter what's going on or what has happened before, is too far that God's grace can't reach to change their life. You see it throughout Jesus' ministry. The outcasts, the the ones that the Pharisees and the religious would label the greatest of sinners, the the ones who were just ostracized from society altogether. Those are the people that Jesus would go out of His way to interact with to make sure that they had a chance to know Him. Jesus' earthly ministry clearly showed compassion and mercy, and Jesus was a reflection of God the Father, so we would know who God is, and we would know His heart, and when you know the heart of God, you know people are the heart of God. Reaching people with the gospel was the reason for the work of Jesus, and it is the heart of God, and reaching people with the gospel comes from a a reality in ourselves of experience, we are Jesus followers because we encountered Jesus. We are Jesus followers because somewhere along the way, Every one of us who are Jesus followers heard that gospel, heard the truth about Jesus, heard the bad news about sin and heard the good news about Christ, and we believed in Jesus, we accepted the truth of the message, we embraced the reality that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. And when we did, we can testify to the fact today that Jesus changes lives. Every one of us can testify to that fact. Every one of us can point back to that moment those moments of hearing the gospel and responding and when we experienced that moment when we embraced the truth of Jesus we experienced his life changing power and we made a decision to follow him so today when we make a commitment to interact with people and to go into our circles of life and to reach in our community and to give so that the gospel goes to the ends of the earth when we make that commitment it's because we know how Jesus has changed our lives and we want other people to experience that same Jesus. Reaching people with the gospel has been a main priority of the Assemblies of God Fellowship for a long, long time. Now, you may be here today and and uh, you, you, you understand that Eden Prairie Assembly of God has the name Assembly of God in it. And maybe you're aware that we're part of an Assemblies of God fellowship. A lot of people get a little iffy about denominations. We've seen a lot of negative things play out in the world. But the Assemblies of God did not just start up all of a sudden uh, in the last few years. The Assemblies of God in 1914 the general council, the first general council of the Assemblies of God meeting, they said this, We commit ourselves and the movement of the Assemblies of God to God for the greatest evangelism the world has ever seen. From the beginning of the nearly 13,000 churches today that are part of the Assemblies of God in the United States of America, from the beginning we've said as a fellowship our identity is tied to the reality that we will send the gospel to the ends of the earth to be fulfillment of what Jesus said. We will not sit back. We will not grow comfortable. We will not somehow meet a quota. We will not be satisfied that our churches are this big or that big. We will not be satisfied that the gospel going to this place or that place until every soul hears about Jesus. We will keep on with the work of Jesus Christ. And today, as I said, nearly 13,000 churches are centered around the working of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Other churches, just like us today, are, are looking at a list. It may not be this, this same way because, as Jay mentioned, we are now considered to be in the top 2% of Assemblies of God churches, local churches, in giving to world missions. That's incredible. Incredible. There may be those who, who are smaller or larger, who give more or less, but the point being that we as a fellowship, as churches, have committed ourselves to sending the gospel around the world and reaching the gospel reaching people with the gospel and that being a priority has been part of the identity of Eden Prairie Assembly of God since the beginning for 47 years we're approaching that half a century mark for 47 years we've committed ourselves to give and to go into our life circles and to send people all over the world by supporting the work of God in our own community, in our nation, and around the world. I can tell you today, and Jay would agree with me, ranking in the top 2% of nearly 13,000 Assembly of God churches and missions giving isn't so we get some kind of award. We give Because we know we're being obedient to God, faithful to His work, and faithful to see more and more people know Jesus. Period. We give because we know there are many more little girls like Anna, and I've changed her name to protect her, whose mother abandoned her as a baby, and father took his own life. Her grandmother didn't want to care for her and couldn't afford to even if she'd wanted to. So she made the decision as her grandmother to traffic her granddaughter. But before the little girl could be sold into trafficking, a leader from Project Rescue met this family. Being drawn to that worker and feeling a sense of safety and love, the grandmother decided instead of selling this little girl, she would give her to the people of Project Rescue. And today, Anna is free from the chains of human trafficking, has her own bed, and dances with joy because there are people who have said yes to going all over the world with the gospel of Jesus. Today we give because that we know there will be a lot more people like a man from Egypt who testified and said, I tried taking my life twice this year because I feel like everyone would be happy without me, and I'm afraid I'm going to try it again. Please help me. And he reached out by going on his computer and searching through Google and found a website called journeyanswers.com, a site of the ministry of Network 211 reaching people through the internet and was able to be set free. From searches to churches. People being able to search on Google and using technology, people all over the world have been able to reach people. They're they're typing in things like, does life really have a purpose? They're typing in things about the major issues of life, of guilt and depression and anger suicide, all of these different things. And when they do, there are people on the other side who are there to make those connection points. But it's not just enough to make the connection point on the screen. They're then helping them plug into local churches all over the world. We know that there are and will be many from other religions all over the world and even in our local community who will hear the gospel and encounter Jesus Because they have encounters with Jesus' followers all over the world. I don't know if you know this today, but if you took the statistics reported by our own Assemblies of God Fellowship, you can look up studies with other groups as well online. But if you add all of the unreached people groups together all over the world, there are 9,618 unreached people groups Different ethnic groups of people all over the world. These are people who I know it's hard for us to fathom. But these are people who currently have zero access to the gospel. Zero. I think about it every time I walk into my office if I'm honest. And I walk in and I look on my shelf. And on the top shelf on the left side of my office is this row of Bibles. Some of them have been gifts, some of them have been purchases because I like clearance books, right? Who says you, can't, you can have many, too many books? I don't think that's a thing. But I have this whole row of Bibles, and when I see that row, I can't help but think about the reality that there are people all over the world who have no copy of God's Word. They may not have internet access. They may not have a physical copy. There are pastors in places all over this world that would, would give just about anything to have one page of the Bible in their hands. And I've heard stories of how some of them have one pages and then they would meet up strategically in different countries and trade their pages so they could preach different sermons. It's incredible. There remains 9,618 unreached people groups. And we know that many of these groups are located within the 1040 latitude window of Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Some of the toughest and most spiritually dark places in the world. I know this is hard to think about. It's hard to realize. It's, it's hard to see because in our life we just don't think in these terms. If we're honest, we live pretty Comfortable lives. But when we think about it, of the greater than 7 billion people on the face of the planet, there are still billions with a B who are lost, who need Jesus. We give because 2,640 missionary units have said yes to working all over the world in 252 countries, provinces, and territories. By the way, this is just representing the Assemblies of God Fellowship. This doesn't include other great fellowships or denominations who have workers all over the world. 2,640 missionary units have said yes to going into 252 different countries, provinces, and territories. Many of them listed right on your copy today. Many more right now in the assemblies. We're seeing an incredible thing happen. Many more are saying yes. And when these even younger couples are saying yes, they're not saying yes to send me to Latin America or the Caribbean. Nothing wrong with that. But they're saying yes to send me to the dark place. Send me to the place there's a need. Let me be a part of a live dead team where I know myself and my team members are going to be some of the only Jesus followers in our country. Send me there. We'll give everything. We'll we'll trade it all away so that we can take the gospel. We have friends personally who are in that window of the Middle East giving their lives so that others might know Jesus. We're partners in the kingdom of God work all over the world. And when you talk about partnership, you can't help but think about a few different things. Number one, partnership. When we partner... It is obedience to God. We're saying yes to the work of God. We're saying, God, we believe that the Great Commission is still as valid today as it's ever been. What you told those early church, early Jesus followers, what you told the disciples is still true for us. Go into all the world. Teach them everything I have commanded you. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I am with you always, even into the very end of the age. That's still valid. That's still relevant. That's still the call of God and the mission of the church in the world today. Lord, we still believe in Acts eight. That we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we will be witnesses in Jerusalem or at home and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We still believe that's the call. You still empower us to reach our co-workers and our neighbors and our family members and our friends and even strangers around us. And Lord, if there's going to be a reaching to the ends of the earth, it's going to come through partnership. I don't know how many of you have ever been on a missions trip, and those are incredible opportunities, I would challenge you that if you ever get an opportunity to go on a missions trip, you should take it because it will wreck your life in the best way possible. Seriously. And and if I'm honest today, um, in some ways the American church needs a little wrecking. Because we don't realize how good we really have it. And when you go into another place, you get to see the struggles. You get to experience uh, the, the, the culture that's there. You get to see different religions and a place that may not have received the gospel the same way this area has. You get to go into a place and see how people make it totally different from how we do. And when you do that, and when you recognize the need all over the world, you want to partner because you recognize it 's taking the gospel to the ends of the earth it 's partnership that 's obedience to God. Secondly, I would say partnership is support to our brothers and sisters. I know that that this uh, will will bust a few bubbles today, but the kingdom of God is much bigger than just the United States of America. <laughs> Yeah, I think we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. Even with our issues, I still think we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. But with that being said, the church is universal. The church is global. And there are brothers and sisters all over the world who are serving Jesus, following Jesus, and some of them are doing it facing a lot of threats and potential persecution in the process. The kingdom of God is much bigger than just where we live. This is a global church. Through partnership, we touch places that our feet may never touch. We resource our brothers and sisters. We resource part of the church and other parts of the world to help meet their needs. Some of these missionary units are going into countries and their focus is not to just create their own ministry version. Their focus is to go in and reach the people who are already in these lands, who are already working. How can we come alongside and resource them? How can we teach them, train them, raise them up, multiply their efforts, help more people say yes to even becoming leaders in the church all over the country? I sat in a room just earlier this year and we were, we were part of strategizing for a particular portion of Africa. And I can tell you that, that the focus in that is to go in and see that there is a healthy church in walking distance of every African. That's a big dream. But it's a God dream. It's a belief that the gospel is still relevant to people's lives today. It's a belief that God still loves all of the world and He gave His Son Jesus so that no one would perish but have everlasting life. It's a belief that God has called us to the work to partner together. We support our missionaries that are also our brothers and sisters who are saying yes to go i got to tell you, in the Assemblies of God, uh, becoming a missionary is a very rigorous process. Not only does a person or a couple have to go through the process of saying yes to God, and I say that on purpose because some people are, are willing to say, yes, God, I'll go immediately, and some people struggle with giving up what you and I haven't given up to go. So there's there's the initial part of yielding to God. And then there's the requirement that there's no debt in their lives other than possibly a car or a house. Then they're selling all that they have in many cases. And then they're being approved eventually. Then they've got to go through all the process of itinerating. And that's when you see missionaries stand on platforms just like this and they have to look across at people and everybody knows why they're there. It's no secret. And when you get together with a group of missionaries for a dinner, it's no secret. Everybody knows they've got to have resources. They've got to have money to be able to go. They go through all of this process just to get where God's calling them to get to. And I can't help but think about missionaries in the early 1900s. You want to talk about commitment and dedication? The missionaries in the early 1900s who were packing their caskets instead of packing suitcases. They were expecting that when they said yes to God, we're not planning on coming back. We're not planning on living back in this way anymore. We are called by God to go to this people and to minister and to reach and to preach and to teach until God says we're done. And so they would pack their caskets instead of suitcases. They would buy one-way tickets. They would have no guarantee of ever returning home. And there were times in the early 1900s when these missionaries would be questioned, What are you doing? (laughs) You're packing a casket. you got a one-way ticket. And the response would be, Well, God told me to go. He never told me to come home. It's, it's the stories of missionaries who go into some of the darkest places all over the world and, and they plant those roots down deep into the culture and they, over the years, plant seeds and water seeds and God causes it to grow and sometimes they see fruit immediately, sometimes they don't see fruit for a long time and it's even a next missionary unit that comes in to see the fruit But I'm reminded of one story where a guy who was there for many years and this is what the people of the culture said about him when he died. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. It's when a missionary can go into a country and spend 50 years And when that unit got there, there were only 4,700 Jesus followers in the entire country. And 50 years later, there were 570,000 Jesus followers. The work of God. And today... There are still missionaries who are going into places that we could very simply call pioneer works. They're going in. Some of them are the very first missionary units into some of the darkest places in the world. Because you recognize some countries, they have restricted access. Some countries right now are completely closed. There is no openness in that nation. But yet there are places that through COVID and other situations have begun to open up. And missionaries are saying yes to God to be the first ones there. They're giving everything they have. They're leaving everyone they know so that more people know Jesus. When we give, we partner to make sure that these heroes never have to beg for support. Partnership is about reaching more people with the gospel. Did you know in the assemblies of God around the world, every 54 to 62 seconds, seconds, a person is making a decision to follow Jesus. When you think about that, as we've been sitting in this room today, many have said yes to Jesus because of the work of God's servants all over the world. And they're coming up with ways to do it In creative means, because it's not that you can do the same thing in every country. We think about in America how freeing it is that you can preach and teach and talk about Jesus anytime you want to. But in other countries, that's not the case. And today there are people who are in remote villages, living life among the people. So that they can get to know them and them... To know the missionaries and they can resource that village and then go from village to village to village. There are people who are putting in water wells today. And yeah, it's so that that local community can have clean water. But more than that, it's become a tool that other villages are coming to that local village to get clean water. And while they're there, they're able to hear of the living water of Jesus Christ. We know the need. Billions are lost. And I would say today, awareness must lead to action. Because if we're aware, then we're not ignorant to it. And if we're aware, that means we're accountable to it. Awareness must lead to action. At times, this can even mean reprioritizing how we steward the money God has blessed us with to support God's work. I'll give you one example, and if it steps on your toes, wear steel boots next week. The average Starbucks customer spends $4.05 on a cup of coffee. That can add up to over $100 a month depending on how often you drink it. Does anybody, nobody's going to want to raise their hand now, but does anybody drink Starbucks more than once a week? No, okay. There's a thank you for being honest today. It can add up to over $100 a month, and depending on how much you drink it, if you go back and look, and maybe it's not Starbucks for you. Maybe you don't like Starbucks at all. Maybe you like caribou. We'll have a debate one day as to which one wins at EPAG. Maybe you like our driven coffee. Maybe you like a bunch of other kinds of coffee. Maybe you make your own coffee. Maybe you grow it in our community garden. I don't know. But what's important is when you look back over your budget, you can look and see it adds up. So the question we could ask today is what's more important in our lives? Is it more important for us to enjoy what's commonly referred to as a luxury with a four or five or six or seven dollar cup of coffee? Or would it be better to give up one occasionally, maybe even weekly, so that the eternal impact of a soul could be changed because they hear the name of Jesus? I'll challenge us. Could, could we cut out a cup a week? And instead of drinking it, could we send it? So that people can hear about Jesus. How do we partner? Here's the answers today. First of all, if you want to partner with God's work around the world, number one, I would challenge you to pray. And I'm not... This is not a... um, this is not a cop-out. This is the truth. If you talk to any missionary unit, they will tell you, yeah, we appreciate your support financially. Yes, we appreciate your, your giving. But they will tell you, more than anything, I appreciate you praying for me. I cannot tell you the number of times throughout the years of ministry that I have heard missionaries in other parts of the world facing critical moments. And on the other side of the globe, back in the United States, there were people who had those little prayer cards on a fridge or had some way of, of keeping those people in prayer. And maybe even in the middle of the night, the, the people in America would be awakened to pray, had no idea what was going on, no idea of the situation. And they would wake up and they would just begin to pray. And later they would connect and find Out that God was interceding through, the Holy Spirit was interceding through that person on behalf of those missionary units. You may not feel like it amounts to much, but I'm telling you that prayer is powerful and the Scripture teaches us a lot about the effectiveness of prayer when we're seeking God. And every missionary I know would say to you today, please pray for us. The spiritual battles the potential for persecution at times, the open doors of opportunity, yeah, the financial need, they would ask you pray for each and every one of those things. Secondly, I would challenge you not only to pray, but I would challenge you to go. This could be one of two things. You could go on a short-term trip like I talked about earlier, or it may be that the Lord is softening your heart to say yes to going longer than just short-term. Somewhere along the way, I don't think it's been intentional, but somewhere along the way, I think we, we quit preaching the call of God to vocational ministry. And I'm telling you today that God may want to call you to a great work. You may say, well, no, I'm, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too unqualified, I'm too this or that or whatever. I'm just telling you today to be open and saying, God, how can you use me? What do you want me to do? And even if your going isn't to a foreign country, God can certainly send you into ways into this community and into your life circles. I can't tell you enough how wonderful it would be for the church to just simply be the church. That we wouldn't just have a religious exercise one or two days a week, but that we would be the body of Christ active among our lives every day. Let me give you a little secret. It took a little money yesterday to make Autumn Fest happen. I think everybody knows that. It takes nothing other than courage and boldness, which God offers to provide through the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes nothing for you to talk to somebody about Jesus. Nothing. We don't have to put it in the budget for the next year. All we got to do is be who Jesus wants us to be. So I challenge you to go. And then thirdly, and this is where we'll wrap up, I want to encourage you today to send and give. We are in this together. I can tell you firsthand that I have friends all over the world who serve as missionaries, and they would not be able to be where they are today unless people like you supported them. They wouldn't be able to go and do. And as a result of them not being able to go and do, there would be people on the other side of that equation that wouldn't hear the gospel about Jesus. I believe everyone can do something. Giving honors God in obedience. Giving resources is is about kingdom work. Uh, Giving helps us partner with the people who are going to help them get there. So today I want to ask you to do two things. First of all, Jay mentioned earlier, if you'll take this card in your hand, you can see our current support of missionaries through EPAG. It's quite a list. You may wonder today, why are there different amounts? Well, some of these we've supported for a very long time. So that means that they may have, through the years, been increased with cost of living increases. We've tried to do that for missionary units throughout the years. Some of them may be a new support. Some of them, their their resources may dictate what level of support that they need. So if they have a number of financial partners, there may not be as, a need for as many or as much, but there, there may be others who need more, just simply with lack of connections. There are also a couple of different designations. I don't want to blow your mind today, but the Assemblies of God has quite a... a a well-oiled machine when it comes to missionary units. There are, there are career or full-term, long-term missionary units, and then there are also people who start out by being what we call missionary associates. So they go to the field for two years and then make a decision on full-term uh, career appointment or not. It's quite a rigorous process. But some of the individuals we support may be those initial missionary associates, and they require less budget. I want you to think about this. Think about today if you were moving to a foreign country. Say today that you were moving to Turkey. And today, when you moved in, you have nothing. You've got to secure lodging, you've got to have transportation in some way, you've got to have food. You also have to have resources to be able to do all the ministry, whether you're already part of a local church that exists or whether you're starting from scratch. There's a lot of things to consider. Everything that you can think of, a lot of what you can think of at least in in how you live today, you've got to have those things in consideration no matter where you are. That's what missionaries are doing. So when you look at this list and, and you look at these numbers, I can tell you in reality... We're just trying to be a drop in the bucket that goes in with a lot of other drops to make a full bucket. We don't want any missionary unit that we support being without. So the other thing that you have today is what we simply call a faith promise card. It says we're in this together. Because we are. And when we take the the mentality of everyone can do something, the, the, the better we are at doing this together, the better we are at resourcing these missionaries. There's also a link. There's a QR code on the screen today out in the lobby. There's also a, a kiosk that you can either fill out a card or you can drop a card in the box or you can use the link there to scan as well. doesn't matter how you do it. You, you can use it to your preference. If you use the card, there's a tear-off section here on the right side that you can keep as a reminder. I would advise you to put it where you actually remember it. Tithing, if you've, if you've heard the term tithing or never heard the term tithing, tithing is about bringing back in giving what God has blessed us with. You may think today, my job is because I am I'm employed by such and such a, a company. But in reality, as Jesus followers, we acknowledge we have what we have because God has blessed us. The only reason we have what we have is because our, God is our supply. And so by faith, believing that God is our supply, we bring back a portion. We commonly refer to that tithe as 10%. We bring that back to God and say, God, we're bringing this back to you because we believe as our source we can actually live better on 90% than we can on 100% because God's economy works a lot better than the world's. Are there any people in the room today that can testify to that? God's economy is a lot better than the world's. And I don't know how to tell you this, but God's economy is looking a lot better these days. Come on. Missions giving then becomes, I'm going to take a step even greater that as the Lord enables me, I'm going to give more. I'm going to give above and beyond that tithing. Now maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I've never done this. I I don't even know where to start. Let me challenge you with a way that we were challenged years ago. If If you've never made a faith promise, never been involved in giving to missions, start simple. Target $5 a week. I'm serious. Target $5 a week. We talked earlier, that's a cup of Starbucks, right? $5 a week. Because in a lot of cases, there are many people who can find $5 a week. When you're doing this, though, you're saying, Lord, it's as you provide, as you enable. So I'm, in, I'm entrusting that you will Help me to be able to give this. So, Lord, really, the the, the burden of proof, so to speak, is on the Lord. He's going to be the one that provides for you. I want you to take that card in your hand, and and maybe some of you already started filling it out because you've been a part of a Faith Promise Sunday before. Maybe some of you haven't. And this is not to put you on the spot. We're not going to read these out loud. I'm not even going to see what you write on your card. I think it was mentioned earlier. This is there will be a a designated bookkeeper who handles all of our finances at the church who will give us a sum total this helps us to draft what our budget is as we're entering a new fiscal year to know what we can do and to see because we always have new missionary units needing support always, in fact I think it's safe to say we have a couple three in the queue right now people that are needing support our giving together makes this possible i want you to hold that card in your hand maybe you filled it out maybe you haven't and i just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment we're going to pray really quickly and then you're going to have an opportunity i'm going to ask the ushers that were available earlier to come back and be prepared in service this morning if you will please we're going to do two things in just a moment and then we're going to be done first of all i want you to pray with me lord in this moment I just pray that the, the truth and reality of the world we're living in, I pray that the burden of lost people would, would be in our hearts. That our heart would be so synchronized with the heart of God. That we, that, that we in awareness, God, would want to take action today. I pray speak to us about what to, what to commit today. Lord, this is not a pledge we're not going to track anybody down and say you haven't done this but Lord I just believe in this moment you can really teach us in our individual lives about walking in faith today we can say Lord we're committing this because it's your work now we're trusting you to provide it and that many people can maybe for the first time see how faithful you are to supply for your work I pray today that we could be a continued significant part of missionaries all over the world. Of people hearing the gospel and being saved. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to challenge you today, if you've never committed a faith promise, to do that. I'm going to challenge you, if you have given faith promise before. To consider and prayerfully consider with you with your family unit possibly even an increase as the Lord would direct you this is a great time for us to be in this together if we all do what we can do we will make a big difference would you stand with me today I'm going to ask you to do two things I'm going to pray in just a moment I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead and come forward if you have a Uh, portion of your card. You keep the small tear off if you're using the card so it rips just like this. You keep the small portion to remind you whether it's weekly or monthly you're going to drop the big portion of the card into the bucket. If you would like to give today just to say you know what? I want, to, I want to give an extra gift today just to go towards missions work. And I'm just going to entrust our missions team that they can designate how these funds, however they need to go, whatever the greatest need is. I want to give today to do that. You can do that in this offering as well. You can always do it online too. I'm going to pray over you. The ushers will serve you today and then you'll be dismissed, okay? Lord, I thank you. I thank you for challenging us today. I thank you, Lord, for helping us to see the need all over the world. Today, I really believe, Lord, in this room, online, uh, Lord, in our next service, all the way around the board, Lord, I just believe that this is a great, great weekend of serving others, of being attentive to other people's needs, and to becoming more like you, Jesus. We pray that every missionary unit would have every dollar of support they need, would have all of the prayer support they need. They would be strengthened in body, mind, soul, and spirit. They would be encouraged, Lord. And I pray, O God, that you will continue to bless your people just as you said you would in the Word as we give to support your kingdom work all over the globe. Now, Father, as we commit ourselves to prayer and to giving, I ask that you bless and keep this people, that you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them, that your countenance ever be turned their direction, and that you grant them your peace. Go with us, and may we be faithful Jesus followers every day of the week telling someone about you. In Jesus' name we pray.